We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andres Hell. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, you guys know who else is joining us today. The amazing Soraya's in the building. That's me. And you said my name right. Thank you so much. Oh, I thank I you. I appreciate you dearly for saying it correctly. <laughs> Taz, pay attention. Oh, my year, God. You starting with smoke already. <laughs> It's, it's not like the hardest name to say. I don't I know. It's not the f- hardest name. You wouldn't think it was the hardest name. I get when you first see it and no one's saying it to you. You're just like, that looks like a Soraya to me. But when I do say it, I mean, it's pretty Oh, yeah. No. Easy. Right. Well, you, apparently to you, Listen, it's easy. I, you know, I try. Yeah. I try to get these <laughs> pronunciations correct. Appreciate you. No, um, we appreciate you coming through the show today. Yeah. AEW Double or Nothing coming up next week here in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So you kind of just popped into Vegas and then have to come back next week. So and Dynamite too. Dynamite Rampage on the Wednesday and then the pay-per-view on Sunday. Yeah. Does that mean you're going to be here all week or are you going to go home? No, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Vegas is very hot. It's a little too hot for a little fragile Raya. But I do <laughs> live in California though. So I just have to take a 40-minute flight. I'll be back home with my 50 animals. And I'm- 50 animals? Yeah. Holy shit. That's a lot of, yeah, that's I a lot of I don't want to go to the Sonic Temple Festival in between where Ronnie's playing, so. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's it is festival season. Yeah. Um, thankfully, you got here in in good time because EDC is this weekend. So it's a madhouse here, yes, in, here I'm in so Vegas. I'm so happy that EDC is there. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah it's better than it being next weekend. I, yeah. Oof. That, that would have been. I've done really EDC. Tough. You've done EDC. Yes. I've done it's, it once. I, I can't get into like. EDM or anything like that. The music, I cannot get into it. It's not my, it's not my cup of tea. It's, it's cool, but like in moderation, right? Like I, I'm down, like it's fun. I love the environment, but they go EDC each day. It's 5 p.m. through 5 a.m. No. And it's just like. <laughs> no, this like, age. It's, it's, a, yeah, so. it's, a, it's, it's a long time out yeah. there. And uh, I'd have to cover it for media. So I was like yeah. there and I was very sober. And it was all bad. Oh, no. Yeah, so that's a long time to stay awake, like, just I, really sober. There was, like, one open bar, like, at, like, 
it was like 1 a.m. I was like, thank God. <laughs> oh, no. Like, finally, it pushed me through the last four hours. I get a swole back just doing the flight from Vegas to L.A. Like, I can't be standing up for hours like that. I don't know how people do it anymore. And I don't <sighs> drink. It probably helps if you're on a lot of drugs and you're drinking the whole time. But I don't sure. do any of that anymore. Yeah. The drinking just makes you tired. I, I went. Now, I went the wrong it direction. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like <laughs> now. I need a nap. Yeah. yeah. So happens so, when you get older and wash them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, we're before we dive into double or nothing and everything coming um, forward next week, we want to talk a little bit about you. Because, oh, let's do it. <laughs> yes, because oh, you, we have you keep saying at this age, <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah. You're not. You're not at that age to even say that yet. Uh, being me. a wrestler, you're definitely at that age. <laughs> I've been wrestling for. Most of my life, technically all of my life, since I was a fetus. But I've been wrestling since I was 13. I'm going to be 31. So, like, in wrestling terms, I'm past it. You're an adult in the U.S. in wrestling terms. I am 18. way past, <laughs> over the hill, under the hill, over in England. Yeah. The, starting that young and then getting success as young as you, as you got it, um, obviously now there's a whole movie on your but, I know, gosh, <laughs> that thing. Yeah, so so people yeah. know the backstory, but for for you and gaining that success that early on, did was it everything you like dreamt of when you first started? Because a lot of people are like, man, it took me thirty years to get to a place like the WWE or be on television, and everything. Mm -hmm. But you started at thirteen, and you you were there relatively quick. Well, I worked really hard for it as well, like. 100%. I was giving out resumes when I was 13 to different wrestling promotions all over the world. And there was actually one promotion and it was in Ireland and it was called Irish Whip Wrestling. I don't know if it's around anymore. If you guys know the wrestling promotion, I don't, I don't know if it's around I don't anymore. Think so. But I remember sending them my re re resume at the time and I was young. I was like around 14 or whatever, but they said, we don't take women's wrestlers. And I was like, you'll regret that one day. 100% you'll regret that one day. And so I ended up going to Norway first. And then after that, once I started like traveling to different countries. I went to Norway, Turkey, Belgium, Germany. I went everywhere, all over Europe. You know, I went, I was, I was constantly traveling and constantly trying to, you know, get to the WWE. And then there was this uh, guy called Drew McDonald, which is an old school wrestler back in the UK. He's from Scotland. And he was actually my dad's friend. And he said, I'm not going to give you a chance if you're not good. You know, like he was very tough on me. He passed away, but he was very, very tough on me. And so he would come to all these different wrestling shows and he was like, no, you're not good enough yet. No, you're not good enough yet and stuff. And he's so frustrating, but he finally gave me a chance and I didn't get in the first time. The first tryout I had, they were just like, no, we, we like I was very different. They didn't want it at the time, you know, and they wanted someone more like Kelly Kelly and Eve and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And I just wasn't, you know, their flavor of ice cream. And so, I mean, I didn't let it affect me. I didn't be like, well, can I cuss? Yeah, yeah, of And I was like, like, fuck them. You know, I was just like, no, nah, you, you're going to eventually take me one day, right? So I started to keep doing the, all these indie bookings. I started coming over to America and stuff, doing Shimmer and all that kind of stuff in Chicago. And then eventually I had another tryout. And then they were just like, actually, we do want a pale golf girl with a butt chin. And I was like, <laughs> great, that's me. They were specifically looking for someone with a butt chin. And I fit that criteria. <laughs> yeah, deep one. <laughs> Lucky you. Uh, <laughs> no, just, no, just but uh, no, now you see it to kind of jump forward and then we'll jump back. But now you see a lot of these promotions are just the the bees and knees for women's wrestling. You mentioned Shimmer and all yeah. this stuff. And it, we see all these highlights in women's wrestling is at such a high level um, in terms of popularity. 
Yeah. Kind of. Cause I, I mean, you have stardom and everything like that yes. too in yeah. Japan. Like, and the women hit hard too. Yes. I'm a little intimidated. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't wrestled like that in a long time. Forbidden door is not too far away. I mean, <laughs> it is. I'm want. like, please be gentle with me though. I'm like, <laughs> I start walking with a neck brace. I'm like, just so fragile. Yeah. How, how amazing is it to now see like all of these other women and so many promotions, you know, it, it's changed so much since when you say people don't want women's wrestling. Now every yeah. promotion has women's wrestling. It, it seems so foreign. The women's but, wrestling is sometimes the biggest draw in some of these companies too. Oh yeah, Cause I 100%. feel like the women have had such a journey the past couple of years where they've just constantly had to prove themselves and be like, you know, we can wrestle as good as the guys. And sometimes we can wrestle better than them and we can out draw them in merchandise. We can put more butts in seats. We have more people coming to our signings and stuff like that. So eventually people had to take notice of that. And I'm like, I'm really proud of the women across the board. Like, and I'm really fortunate now because at one point I was, it was like a bittersweet moment where it really started taking off. And then I kind of, kind of got taken off the, I got put on the shelf, you mm-hmm. know? And now I get to be a part of that, which is really special. But now I have to play catch up because all these girls are way better than me. All like, right. You know, Rest and wise. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> this is, this because I mean, look, You've, you've done a ton of interviews and you've talked about how special the moment was when you came back and being mm-hmm. overwhelmed with emotion. But is wrestling like riding a bike? And no, the, not for me. And this is what I was going to ask because how long, I mean, you've had a few matches now. How yeah. long did it for it to get comfortable and not have to deal with any PTSD or yeah. being concerned? Because everybody that watches you was worried because even though the doctors clear you. They were watching you, like just quiet. They were just like holding to it. I was looking at the crowd <laughs> at one point that were just like, and they were so worried in this first match, which is understandable. I was worried in this first match. I was just like, ooh. Like, I was, like, very overly cautious. But you know what? It's not because I was in pain, and it's not because I was worried about my neck. It was all mental. I just didn't think that I was as good as I once was. And I felt so rusty, and I felt like I was going to mess up. And I was just going to, I mean, yeah, I just felt like I just, I didn't feel like the same person that I was. And it's just all that time that came out. And when I spoke to people, they were like, oh, it's like riding a bike. You'll be fine. You'll jump straight back in and you'll start swimming, right? And I was just like, no, that was not how it <laughs> felt for me. It felt fucking awful. Like at one point, like three weeks in, I was just like, did I make a mistake? This is awful. Like, did I? Because people, I, wrestling, Twitter especially, has just got so toxic since I've been away. You don't say. And, and going to AEW after being in WWE and like the tribalism. And one of the things I regret saying is, in the promo, you know, where finally a boss that listens to me. And uh-huh. I'm just like, ah, oh, gosh, I wish I didn't ha- say that because it caused a little bit more tribalism and a lot more people to like have a reason to talk shit. So yeah, like after that, I was like, and I just didn't feel comfortable in my first promo that I did. I felt like I shit the bed with that. And I was just like, oh no, I made a mistake. I'm not ready. Like this is awful. And I spoke to, you know, my boyfriend all the time. And he was just like, you're going to be fine. Like just keep getting the repetitions in. And he was like really encouraging like that. My family were very encouraging. So it was really good, the community that I had around me and everyone was very supportive. But he was like, you'll be fine. You've got this every single week, you know? And um, yeah, just once I got that out of the way, now I feel really comfortable. Now I'm just like, no one's going to stop me. I don't care if you're talking (laughs) shit about me. I fucking love what I do. I'm freaking good at it. I'm good at talking shit. I don't have to wrestle all the time because I'm now putting myself first rather than everybody else. Like before the fans, before wrestlers, before anything, I'm putting myself first. Like there's, there's just no way that I'm going to do what I did before after my first next neck surgery that I had, where I was wrestling Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, consistently traveling and stuff like that and doing crazy bumps. And I'm just like, I refuse to do that. I'm going to take my time. And I don't care if it pisses people off. I, I'm putting myself first, you know. 
I want to follow that because the writing the buy part didn't just go for the end where you kind of mentioned it. Promos. Oh, that was now, the worst part. You came from a company that wrote out promos. Everything. Everything was heavily scripted. Now the creative process lies on you. Now, I know you were nervous, but the heel turn, did it make you feel a lot more comfortable oh, too? Oh, I love that. As soon as I turned heel, it was perfect. I was that, fine. It felt like, like I, you can't, tell me how this happened. Was it more yeah. organic or was it more something that you that Tony came to you? Because this feels like the Saray that we, we've been waiting for. Yeah. the heel Saray, I don't know why. Heels just seem like y'all have way more fun. You have fun. Well, it's easier to get people to hate you than love you. Like people always want to find a reason to talk some shit on you, you know, and now you're going to give it to them and then you're not going to be offended because you're like, hey, I'm playing a character. I'm supposed to be an asshole. So with the being the heel, I wanted to do it straight out the gate, but Tony and everyone were saying, you can't because you, you're now coming back. Life, like career-ending injury, yeah. you know, you're finally back in the ring again. So people are going to cheer you. But at the same time, with these promos with Britt, Britt was saying some things that were really accurate and you can't help but be on her side. She was just like, I am the pillar. She was. She was the first ever signing. I am the one that created this women's division. And she was. She's the one who built the women's right. division. She was there when they had to do, like, you know, all the, the COVID shows and stuff like that. She was, like, running the ship. She was, she was killing it. So everything she's saying, like, you can't disagree with her. And then you have me coming in from a different com company being like, you don't know what it's like to be a star. Everyone <laughs> should be cheering for me, you know? And I look like the asshole. So I'm just like, let me be heel. Because people are going to, and let me tell you as well, AEW fans love their homegrown talents. Like, they do not take too kindly to some people coming in. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. people are harsh. Yeah, People are really harsh. So I'm just like, well, why don't we just make this a thing? Like, I don't care. Like, I would love to be heel. I love being heel. I feel like I thrive when I'm in my heel role. Like, I can be more creative. Like, I love to talk shit. You can see on social media, I love to talk shit. Yeah, we've seen that. Yeah, I get a little too carried away. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. The Brit, you and Brit's interactions. Yeah. Did you know she was going to say the things that she said? Um, yeah, some things. But also, a lot of the things we decided to just wait till we got in there. Right. So I would give her some, like, bullet points. Like, okay, this is what I'm thinking of saying. But I don't know. Because once you go out there and you don't have a script, you don't have anything to remember. So you don't really train yourself to remember certain things either. It's a lot more difficult process when you're just kind of having to wing it. And then not getting any creative, too. Like, they give you zero creative. They're just like, you're going to have a promo. You're like, what am I supposed to say? They're like, figure it out. And you're like... Ugh. So me and, you know, brainstormed about like what potentially we could say. And then we were just like, we'll just feed off each other. And that felt like the most organic promo I've ever done. Like it mm -hmm. felt like when we were in there together, it just felt, it felt really real. And we we're both speaking from the heart and we we're both getting like really worked up. And it like, it was awesome. And then when we come, come back, sorry, you're breaking kayfabe, motherfuckers. But I gave her a hug. I was like, <laughs> thank you. I was like, that was awesome. Like I felt like I redeemed myself from my last promo. How great is it? Or what, what does it feel like? Because you went from a place that was heavily scripted, that everything is like hit your mark at this moment, this minute, mm -hmm. this time, to a place that gives you that freedom, that creative freedom, especially after being out of the ring for as long as you were. Yeah. How great is it to be somewhere where you're like, you know what? I can take chances. Yeah. I can be me. I can be the person I am while streaming. Yeah. <laughs> like, you brought like all these years. Because when you were gone... 
out of the ring. You just didn't stop doing stuff. Like yeah. you were amazing streaming and built a whole different audience and everything. Yeah. And when I watch you in AEW, I feel like it's the person who's streaming all the time. Like it I'm seems like you're yeah. just being yeah. yourself. How great is it being in a place that allows you to do that? It feels good. It feels good to have my real name, even though it got like really weird the first time someone called me that in public. I think it was me and my friend Lizzie, actually, were walking through the mall and someone was like, hey, Soraya. And I'm just like, do I know you? Like, I'm like, personally, because I used to hate people calling me Soraya that was not my friends or family. I was just like, no, Paige, that's it. No one calls me anything different. Even when I was at work, then people would only call me Paige, right? So I was just so used to that. So when the guy was just like, oh, I love what you're doing in AEW, I was like, oh, okay, I'm Soraya now. Yeah. Like, I get to be myself. And it's really awesome because, you know, I have complete control of my name. And I can continue to use it outside of AEW. And it's a good thing for AEW too, because if I'm doing other things under Soraya, they're going to watch AEW and be like, oh shit, that's, she's doing this too. You know, like it, it carries it across all platforms, which is, which is awesome, which I would think WWE would want to do that too. But here yeah. we are. Here, here we, we are. are. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> but it feels right. good. Moral of the story. So you, you have this interesting arc where I've always called you like the bridge to the women's revolution. Because when you showed oh, up for NXT… Okay. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow. You know, the give divas a chance thing. But you were like ahead of the curve. People watch you in NXT and were like, she's amazing. And you showed up in WWE. She's amazing. Then when it happens, you're hurt. I know. And you had Son to watch. Yeah. And you watched it. But, and I'm asking this question because your time away, women started being treated differently. How was it for you to see that now coming back to an environment where women are headlining main events and women are, you talked about stardom and you've talked about all this coming. Now to be a part of that in a new company mm -hmm. with new faces. How is that for you? Because you're like, you're like the OG. You're, you just say you're like, like old. <laughs> yeah, you're like, even though there's like women that have, that have wrestled longer than you or wrestle or are older than you, you've been here. You've been a part of it. You've been there from the beginning. You're here now. And I know they come to you for advice. What is that yeah. like for you? It's, it's really, well, everyone's very young there, by the way. Everyone's like 21. And I'm like, I'm 21. You know, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? No, they're, uh, but it's really weird. So they'll come up and like some, like even Sky Blue, she was like, oh, I used to watch like you and AJ. And that's why we incorporated when we had that match uh, where she goes for the Black Widow mm -hmm. and I do the reverse into the old Paige Turner because that's what I won the Divas Championship with. So we incorporated that. And, but she was just, she was excited all day. And it was just really, it's really cool to see that all these women who are now wrestling now were like so young when they were watching me wrestle. It's so weird. I'm just like, when did you grow up? Like, what the heck? I'm still super young. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're born yeah. in like 2003. Like <laughs> I know it's freaking, it's so strange. It's so strange. Yeah. But it feels, it feels really good. Like, yeah, some of the girls are older than me, but I've wrestled so much longer than right. everybody, pretty, nearly all everyone there. I've been wrestling since I was 13, so it's going to be 18 years Dude, this year. Uh, all right, so fighting with your family was made, and does it feel like premature now, now that you look back at it? Like, you have a whole nother chapter. We need another one. That's but it, needs to be, it needs to not be just PG. It needs to go up a level, because well, the stuff that we went through, you know. Yeah. It, yeah, it's pretty, it gets weird. It gets very it, weird. So I feel like it cannot be PG. It needs to be up a level. It would, if it had to be about me, I would definitely want it to be like the darker version, like the part two of like what happened after I won the Divas Championship, you know, and then the rock bottom and all that kind of stuff. But also I would want one on my brother, Zach, because yeah. I thought that he had such a special story in there too, where mm -hmm. WWE never gave him the chance. Never. 
And he did so many tryouts, so many. And he's never stopped. He's never like, like he's never just gave up his dream. So I remember bringing him to AEW when I had my first match back. He like supported me in everything. He flew over from the UK, trained with me the whole week, came to the show, like gave up his bookings, his payday to be there for me. And then um, Tony was awesome. Tony Khan, he saw Zach. He turned, he was going to his office, turned around, came straight to me and was like, hey, Zach. And Zach's just like, oh, hey. And then uh, I was talking to him and I was like, maybe we can get him on a dark match today. And he was just like, do you, do you have a visa? And Zach's like, no. And he was like, get a visa. You can be on all the dark matches you want. He was like, what's about? And I was just like, oh my gosh. So I bought Zach a visa. So it should be here in August sometime. We did the expediter process. And so I would like to do, I would like to have a sequel done on Zach just to be like, because he's the true underdog. You know, yeah. th- there was an underdog story, yes, but no one's fought as hard for this wrestling dream than my brother, uh, me and him or anybody. He's like the biggest underdog in wrestling, I'm telling you. Like, no one's ever given him the chance that he deserves. So, so a sequel that spin off. Yes. Spin off. We got to have it. Tony. <laughs> let's, let's make this let's happen. Make this happen. Oh, um, depending on what deal is announced. <laughs> like, there, there might be a lot of bandwidth for, for, for a movie. A lot of, you know, <laughs> you know big pockets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, he got a, got a couple dollars he can throw Maybe. at that idea. Um, speaking, because again, a, a lot of the story after that is your, your injury and your time mm-hmm. away. Was there a point where you just looked at it and was like, I'm never going to wrestle again? Uh, yeah, when I first got told, I like, they were like, you're never going to wrestle again. And I was just like, okay. And then, but with that, I was like, okay, I'm not going to go to the way I was once I got really depressed last time and kind of like, you know, I know what the bottom feels like and I refuse to be down there again. So I was like, okay, well, if I don't go to wrestle again, I want to try and find something to fill that void. So, I mean, it was the middle of pandemic, so it wasn't much that you could do, but you know, you can start streaming and doing all that kind of stuff. I was in uh, one of my boyfriend's music videos. I'm not vampire revamped. Watch it. It's really cute. Um, it's like a little movie. Um, but yeah, it, so I got to do all these kind of fun stuff like that. But nothing was really like filling it wrestling wise for me. So in my head, I was just like, no, I feel like I could potentially wrestle someday. Especially when you see people like Edge come back, Christian come back, Daniel Bryan come back, Stone Cold came back, Kurt Angle's walking around with the neck he can't even move to the side, and he's wrestling. <laughs> taking with a broken all the freaking time. neck. <laughs> Motherfucker, he's just like freaking like taking German, and he's just like, you know. <laughs> nuts. Like he's, nuts. He's a, but it's awesome to see because like they never gave up. And yeah. like, you know, they had some injuries that, that should have been career ending for them. They, they continued, and that was really inspiring for me. And so I spoke to Edge the day that I was going to retire. And then I spoke to him the day uh, that I was going to make my debut too. And in both times, he just, he was just so awesome with the advice. He was just like, just take it all in, you know? And then this time around, he was like, take your time. You don't have to rush anything, you know, like how how he's been doing it. He's been doing it so perfectly, you know, but yeah, it's just a wild ride, man. And to follow up, how did like Tony handle that when you came back? Because obviously you're you're now not only returning but returning to a company you've never wrestled in. Yeah. So it's, it's just like that's intimidating. That is intimidating. Yeah. That's not like my safe place, you know. Like WWE had been there for so long, like it would probably have been more comfortable if I went back. But I I don't do anything easy. I feel like so I wanted to go to AEW just because Tony he's an incredible boss and he gave me the freedom again to do whatever I want. But when I told him because he was just like. Let's fucking go. Like, let's go get your thing. Let's, like let's fucking go. Let's just go get your thing. And he's constantly 100 miles an hour. And you're like, 
all right. So when I finally told him, he was just like, all in capitals, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Like that. And I was like, That's we, did it. <laughs> we did it. That's literally the whole thing. He's like always very hyped up and excited. And it's like, he has like this really happy, contagious energy. Like you never see him in a bad mood. He's always like, yeah, let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Like he's freaking sporadic. He's like, Aah. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> you're so happy. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know what? I, I want to ask you because there are all these reports about there's turmoil in the locker room and there's all this stuff going oh on. Oh my God. People it, are so dramatic. First of all, dirt seats are a disaster. Wrestling Twitter is a monster that it makes. makes they started talking about my endometriosis, dude. And I'm like, female. Okay, so listen up. Men of the wrestling community. Endometriosis is not a sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> endometriosis <laughs> oh, so, doesn't just pop up and happen. When you're a female... Sometimes you have cells that grow outside of the womb, right? When you start your periods, when you're young, between 15, 16, 17. And then over time, it just gets worse. And it makes you have very painful periods. That is not a career-ending illness that I have that is stopping me from getting, like, cleared by WWE or stopping me from wrestling in any way, shape, or form. It's just a female issue when you're on your period. I just want to get that out there because... Wrestling Twitter turned it into a big thing, yeah, like yeah. a big massive thing. And I'm like, have you never spoke to a female in your life? No. Like you it's, guys it's are definitely the ones that have never been laid. Never had. Never, or is not even allowed a hundred feet within a female. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure. Because I'm, sure. I'm like, Google is literally at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. You couldn't just be like, what is endometriosis? And it would have told you exactly what it was. It's insane. And that it's, message that was sponsored by Soraya. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and if any women are suffering with endometriosis, please hit me up because... I do my research on it. It sucks. Right. Circling back. Yeah, go back to it. I just wanted to, get, I just wanted to clear I'm, the on that because people did. are fucking stupid. Well, wrestling Twitter is fucking stupid. They're so fucking stupid. Because most of it is children or there's like neck beards on there. Yeah. And they're just yeah. all, they all have an opinion on something, right? And Sorry, oh. John. He's just like, please don't insult our fans. Most of them are. <laughs> on the internet, they're neck beards. They're it, disgusting. It's, it's a mess. But yeah. inside that it's locker room, mess. inside that locker room, it seems like you guys all get along. Yeah. When you see these stories like, oh, this person does like this. Or, for instance, this Britt Baker Thunder Rosa thing. Oh, my gosh. People need to get over that, dude. Your thoughts on when you watch it, because it starts to, like, leak out. Thunder Rosa's on Busted Over, obviously, and things get said. Thunder and, loves, mm. to, loves to talk. That's for sure. She definitely loves to talk. And people think Britt talks a lot, but it's not. The, 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 the reality show was filmed ages ago, right. and they're just repeating the story. So everyone just thinks it's Britt bringing all this stuff. And then she gets asked questions about it in interviews, and then it like brings it all up again. She's not going out there and doing it, but Funda just likes to talk about it. Funda, um, yeah, she had to come back, and she had to apologize to the locker room because mm. she upset a lot of women. Right? I wasn't there at the time, so it's not, right. my, it's not my problem. I don't need an apology. It is what it is. Um, but she apologized to the locker room, you know, and um, the locker room's fine. Like, everyone's happy. Everyone gets along. Like, this is one of the best locker rooms I've ever been in. Everyone's so sweet to each other. Everyone welcomes each other in. Like, if anyone has a problem, they'll just, you know, they'll, they'll bring it up. And, um, yeah, I love the locker room. It is, and, like, people already know the Thunder story. They just love to, like, spin it and make it bigger. And then yeah. they talk on Busted Open and, like, ugh. Messy. Just, <laughs> yeah, speaking of Bubba and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, that's too long for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, don't uh, get me started. No. So going forward now, <laughs> <I'm> like, uh, <laughs> before we let you out of here, you're yeah. you're starting like the second wave of your career, and you're, you're still so young in terms of pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, in the other company, in WWE, 
you know, we see Trish Stratus just came back. Like awesome. she has a, a huge main program. Yes. Yeah. And she's, you know, wrestled forever. She's having a blast and everything. You have so many years left in your career. I hope so. And yeah. then now you're having fun. What does the future look like? What are your goals now? Because you've accomplished so much already. Honestly, if they could put you in WWE Hall of Fame right now, no one blinking. I eye. would. I mean, Twitter would be very mad, but I would. I would be. <laughs> I would accept it and post it all over Twitter. Yeah. But um, I would be like, absolutely, yes, I do. I will be part of the Hall of Fame. Thank you. Yeah. I would love to be in the Hall of Fame one day. I would love it. You because deserve it. it. I yeah. feel. Thank you. I feel like I would. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I've done a lot. I feel like I have. A lot of women have done a lot, though. You look at AJ Lee and, you know, yep. all these women, they deserve to be in it, too, before me. So it's, it's awesome. But um, I forgot what the fucking question oh, is. Oh, what's, what's your goals now? Yeah, what's my goals? Like, I want to be the champ. Duh. I want to be the champ. I want to be all that. I want to take Jade's title. I want to take Jamie's title. I want to create my own title. <laughs> Which one first? If you Jamie's. <laughs> Jamie's is right there. I feel like I could take okay. it. Take okay. it to Wembley. You know, I'm trying. You know, let's that's, that's see. Jade, Jade is... I'll I'll get her next. Ending Ooh. Jade streak in Wembley though wouldn't be too bad. I, I mean, mean it would you know. it wouldn't, but I I want Jamie's first. Can and, I yeah? Can I ask this because you mess, mentioned all these things uh, things that would break Twitter. Um, <laughs> if there was a forbidden door match with you and Mercedes, oh I get asked that question all the time. And how do you think Twitter would react to that? How much fun would you two have? Because obviously there's history there. Yeah, but it's not like. There was never blame between you. It's just your fans yeah. are idiots and her fans are idiots <laughs> and they argue and they blame each it's other for things the, that happen. It's the younger ones. And then again, the neck bids. A lot of the fans are really, really nice. Like our fan groups. But you have the diehard fans that take it upon themselves to like, you know, argue with each other about yeah. everything. So people blamed Mercedes for my neck and then Mercedes fans blamed me. I don't know how That's they blamed weird. me. I was like, what did I do? I just- <laughs> Being my- there. I was just in the way of her feet. I'm sorry. But yeah, um, no, but I never blamed Mercedes. And she was absolutely heartbroken. She was the first person, or one of the first people I called when I got the all clear, just to be like, you ne- you don't have to have that burden on your shoulders anymore because you never want to have the burden of ending someone's career, right? It's awful. So I, d- I didn't want her to feel bad because it's wrestling. Accidents happen all the time. It is what it is. I, I was overworked completely. But um, yeah, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. If she would do it, I would absolutely do it too. Um, yeah. We love it. I All do. Right. Before, last question, we're going to get you out of here. Yeah. Double or nothing, the outcasts. What can we expect from you guys in Vegas? I have no idea. I wish someone would tell me what was happening. Oh, shit. I know. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know. A bunch of spray paint everywhere in There's Vegas. There's a lot of spray paint. We're going to cause freaking anarchy, carnage, whatever, right? But we're going to go there. We're going to have like. <laughs> We're going to have fun. And I don't know what kind of match we're going to have. I thought we were going to do the trios match, honestly, at the pay-per-view. Mm. But shocker, we're doing it on Dynamite, which will be fine. It's going to be really a, a lot of fun for us, outcasts, because we feel like we're going to win. So we'll see. We just want to piss off Twitter. That's my main goal in life is just to piss off Twitter. <laughs> it's a good goal to have. And it ain't hard. It isn't hard. I literally I, I said, did something for charity before, and they like got really mad at me. And we're like, well, I know we shouldn't do something for this charity. And I'm like, well, that's a whole different fucking conversation, bud. <laughs> You know, I, I feel like uh, Twitter is going to keep you in this heel role for quite, quite a I'll take it. They time. just hate me. They, I don't, a lot of the time, 
Yeah, they ju- they just hate me. I don't know why. I don't do Trust. anything to them. <laughs> there's there's a lot more people that love seeing you back, that Thank enjoy you, you wrestling, yes. than the neckbeards on Twitter. So uh, no, everyone <laughs> is so happy to see you succeeding in your role now and having fun every week, and it comes across on the television. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, we can't wait to see what the future holds. Thank you for stopping in here and speaking Thank to you. us. It's been amazing, and really, really. Like as great as the women's revolution was and everything else there, there was always that like spot that was missing. Like Aww, no one filled you. your spot, thank no matter you. what happened while you were gone. So it's great because there's, there's been many a people. There's only been one you. Thank you. So. That's so nice. Oh, you're Look welcome. Oh hey, my gosh. God. <laughs> that guy. It is, it is true. So no, uh, thank you. Nah, thank you for taking time out today, speaking with us, everyone. Thank you for watching is and listening. It is no. not. Oh, it, is not. Uh, it comes out tomorrow morning. Thank you guys for listening. Stay here because we still have to talk about AEW this past week. Um, if you guys are listening to this and WWE and everything, so you guys don't go anywhere, but we're going to let Soraya get out of here. Thank you. Thank you so much. You guys will be right back after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, just that quick, we are back. Dre is walking Saraya out. So amazing guest, amazing interview today. Make sure you guys not only follow her uh, in her journey through AEW and everything and being back as part of the outcast, but also make sure you guys follow her. Her streaming is amazing. She's always hilarious and a genuine good person. So it was great having her here. But now we got to recap and talk everything else in pro wrestling. Might as well start with AEW. And Double or Nothing is a week away. We have two matches. One, two matches announced as of this show right now when we're recording. 
We know the main event. We have the four pillars match. With that, they've been building to that for a month. It's hard to see MJF really dropping the belt. But we see during this, Darby is really coming out of his shell. We see what Jungle Boy Jack Perry really has, what he's building now in terms of like, okay, he seems like a main event guy. Sammy Guevara is playing and chumming it up with MJF, but that's not going to last long. They're starting to fill out the story there. So it makes me more comfortable knowing like, okay, this is a match that can headline and probably should headline this card. Even if we get another match like Anarchy in the Arena, which Blackpool Combat Club and the Elite are going to do something. Hopefully that's the stipulation. And the other match that we now know is the tag team title match. And that's FTR versus Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal. You know how we feel about that. We talked about that last week. Jeff Jarrett, great. Jay Lethal, great. Love what they've done in sport. A little odd that they're getting the tag team title match. As long as the match is a banger, I'm okay. There's really no threat for FTR to lose the belts there. For that to be only the second program announced is a bit odd, but they're in the place right now where WWE has been for the past decade, two decades, where you can just announce a venue and you're going to sell tickets. The, the notion of I put butts in seats for these big events is kind of outdated because they're selling the events before you ever know who the main event is. Whoever, before you really know who the champion is, in some cases, WrestleMania sells a year in advance. Double or nothing could have sold six months ago. It doesn't matter who's on the card. People are going to buy it. It's going to be a packed house. Dynamite Rampage being recorded here in Vegas the Wednesday prior so a lot of moving parts in AEW, a lot of things changing. By the time you listen to this, there's rumored that they'll have an announcement for a new deal with Warner, I believe, upwards of a billion dollars. So we'll see the WWE is about to negotiate their own television rights deal again. So I'm sure the WWE is keeping a keen eye on what AEW is going to announce on Wednesday. And if those rumors come true by the time you're listening to this, then AEW, along with going to Wembley and selling 60,000-plus seats, all those things coming together really takes AEW out of the place of the Impact Wrestlings, the ROHs. Not that they weren't, you know, above them already, but this really cements them. They are the WCW of this generation when these deals come to fruition. So now we, we have to start looking at it a little bit differently. We have to start judging them differently. Not that they have to be direct competition. They'll have 50 years under their belt. They have four. They're not the WWE. But now they have to kind of start pushing that company in terms of being production-wise on that level, right? They, they have to now make sure that the sets are massive. They have to give fans what they come to expect from a billion-dollar company. So of all those rumors play through Dre just got back in the building sitting down. Oh, hello. AEW has a lot of movement over the next two weeks. Uh, I went through the two matches on double or nothing <laughs> that we have announced and just the rumor of the AEW deal. Cause by the time this comes out, we'll know the exact details, but just what that means for AEW and the changes that it'll need to mean for AEW going forward and, and not booking or anything, but just the scale of AEW They're they're not impact. They're no. not ROH. They're, if the deal comes through and it's upwards of a billion dollars as it's being reported, then you're officially WCW level. You're huge. 
yeah, you you have to, the production has to look that. The venues have to look that. Everything, you're, you don't have to catch WWE, but in presentation and how you carry yourself, you have to be 1A, 1B. I mean, if you look at it like, they just got this this deal, and from somebody who loves wrestling like Tony does, I don't think he'll cut any costs. I mean, shit, man, they they got Wembley Stadium, yeah, right. You know, you you're doing all out of Wembley isn't Stadium. Any soccer team out of there though? Like, isn't that like a pretty good discount yeah. on on the venue? I mean, the but it's Wembley. No, it's true. It's like nobody's doing like Wembley, and everybody was critical and was like, "Oh, they're not going to fill up Wembley." Wembley, and they sold what sixty thousand yeah. tickets. No one owns a, a soccer team either, though. Right, yeah, I get it. But I mean, to to have that many fans globally, it means that you're making an impression. Now, will they be? This isn't Bellator in the UFC, no, right? And it takes them out of that because before you could have considered. I mean, them I don't that. even think you can. No, no. I've always felt like because AEW is bigger than NXT. Yeah, but Bellator is not that. Bell, I mean, Bellator barely made. Like I like I said on our MMA show, UFC makes ninety percent of the MMA market. Sure. WWE probably does 70, 70% of the pro wrestling market. Yeah. Maybe. Um, because you have Impact and everybody else. Who, 70, 75. I mean, WWE. It's big. It's a monster. It's a monster, yeah. But this kind of a deal, pro wrestling is the never-ending churn of content, right? It's the one live show that just doesn't stop. Yeah. And AEW being, being able to be more creative, to have more flexibility, to have more opportunity, to being on a major platform is going to fund them, which obviously Tony's got money, but now it's like you got other people's money. To create. It's, always, it's always good to have other people's money. And I don't think they're going to use the money for signings. They got enough of those. Yep. It's leveraging for content, more content. And how do we make better content? How do we make our production look better? I mean, this could lead to... AEW documentaries and yep. I mean only more like leveraging that ROH library that they have I don't know if it has anything to do with it but it, it feels like there's one thing there is you could tell the story of CM Punk versus Samoa Joe yep. in a documentary style feature with high level production you can and I hope they do this <clears throat> I hope AEW realizes like yeah we love pro wrestling but so much more shit that you got you have so much more talent that could do, like RJ City Show. Maybe that could be on Max. Whatever, whatever it is they do, it's, it's, a, it's a huge deal. No, you're not going to catch WWE. They got a 40-year head start on you. Yeah. That's- you know, you, you can't catch up. You're not going to catch up immediately, but you could take a chunk. Yep. You could take a chunk of the last fan. You could take a chunk of the disgruntled fan. Uh, and you provide an alternative. But you have to look the part to take those things. Yeah, but at the same time, not not looking like you can't look like WWE. You just not. You can't. You can't look like what WrestleMania looked like at SoFi. <laughs> you can't. That, no, that'll take some. Time. It, it not only does it takes. I mean, the global conglomerate that WWE is and what Vince McMahon has done with WrestleMania, like to try to emulate that, you'll just look like a poor version of sure. WWE. But you got to do more than the two circles. No, you have on the entrance ramp. Like you have to do more. It just you can't emulate WWE because again, you look like Vince has done this for years. If there's anything that Vince McMahon has done, which the reports came out, the man's not going to leave until he dies, yeah. which we thought in the first place. Yep. But you ain't telling us nothing. No, but you can't beat them at production. Their pyro alone is like the entire impact budget. Yeah. So you can't beat them there. You have to find other ways to be creative. 
And they have an opportunity with Max. It's so weird. How does HBO just call themselves Max and not just HBO? What the fuck ever? Um, it's a weird thing. I guess when you fold other things in, you don't want to fold them into HBO. You just want to create. But Cinemax was the thing forever. So well, like, that's what I'm just, saying. That was very confusing. And Cinemax was the ass of HBO, right? Yeah. It wasn't like the face. It was the yeah. ass. And yeah. nobody watched Cinemax. Not at all. Except the one with Skinamax. Anyway, <laughs> yes, they, they have they have a huge opportunity in front of them if, if that is what they're doing. But at the same, like the one thing that we've said on the show, Tony needs help. Yeah, to do the things, the cool shit you just mentioned. Yeah, and, like you need, spend, you need, you got to find to people, put that together, and those documentaries would be great with the catalog between AEW. Tony and can't direct them. No, you don't got that much time. <laughs> like you got to sit down somewhere. Like you got a whole soccer team and a football team you got to deal with. Yep, football, soccer, whatever. But it's both. You can't do the documentaries, too. I mean, Vice is... I don't know what's going on with Vice. Acquire Dark Side of the Ring. I don't know. But there's so much opportunity out there to be a content machine because there is a massive appetite for pro wrestling. Yep. There's a huge appetite. So it's... I don't think the end game... I don't think the end game should ever be to beat the number one. The, the, the end game should be how big can we get without paying Regardless, money. Yeah. yeah, because... Like, when I was at Hip Hop DX... I remember our owner just kept saying, we got to beat all hip hop. And I was like, I don't ever think that should be the goal because if you beat them, then what? Now you just accomplish your goal. My goal when I was at Hip Hop DX is like, I used to say in our meetings, I want to be the ESPN of hip hop. Like I want to find an alternate universe parallel to what we do that we can be the global leader in hip hop music rather than beating one company. So if AEW fans like, we got to beat WWE, you're never going to win. You can't. No. Because even if you do, then you go, well, now what? But if you can be the best company that you can be, then, then we're cooking. Yeah. The bigger any company gets, the bigger the rest of the industry gets too. Yeah. So if AEW continues to grow and everything, like naturally you're going to get last fans back into wrestling and then some people are going to go to WWE. Of course. And then WWE will only get bigger. I so mean, it's, the industry will, will explode collectively. If, if nothing else, AEW has forced the WWE to get better. Yeah. Like... And I feel like they have. It they had less to. Shitty. They had no. They had no choice. Yeah. Right. Like you can only run the ruthless aggression shit for so long with no competition, and then just run bullshit storylines and terrible matches and too much talking. If nothing else, like people can be pick whatever side of the street you want. AEW forced the WWE as a whole to a sign independent talent. Yep. If it wasn't for the independents and the ROHs and the AEWs. We wouldn't see the prolific Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the roles that they're in now because Vince didn't look at those guys. So AEW's pushed them to the limit and it makes it better for everybody, which is why, I mean, you know, great having Saray on. Tribalism is so stupid. It's like, yo, I just work for the other company. Why are you mad at me now? <laughs> like, why are you? I ain't changed. Like, I, I know there's like beef between Burger King and McDonald's, but if I'm the cashier... And I get a job at McDonald's. You mad at me because I don't work for Burger King anymore? That's stupid. I don't own the, either of them. I'm just trying to get paid. And I, I'm not saying that they're all cashiers, like talentless cashiers, but they're working. I just want them to eat. Cody Rose said it often. I, you know, I'm just happy people are eating. I just want to make more places for people to eat. So, yeah, people that listen to this show and be like, oh, I don't like WWE or I don't like AEW. I like people getting jobs and entertaining me. Yes, and as long as it's all good quality stuff and I can watch it, I'm happy. Yeah, I watch both each yeah, week. because I, I hate watched a lot of shit for a long time. Yeah, when you don't have nothing else, you're yeah. like, oh, I don't have nothing uh, I'm, else I'm to glad to be past that. Like, we, we ain't there no more. 
So I feel pretty comfortable Yeah. now. Like for a long time, it was hard to do this show every week. But fuck, I got to watch WWE Raw for three hours. Bro, go back to the beginning of the show. When we, <laughs> when we first did this podcast and the new day had just came out of that bullshit gimmick and we thought they were going to be dead in the water. Now look. Damn, it was hard getting through three hours. It, yeah, then you had to go watch SmackDown. Yep. It was like, ah. That was, that was tough. So at least I ain't there no more. Switching gears real quick before we get out of here to WWE. They're building to Night of Champions. Oddly enough, we know more stuff on Night of Champions than we do Double or Nothing. And they're the same weekend. Same weekend. Double Nothing, we got nothing. All right. I told you. AJ Styles, Seth Rollins. I told you. Yes. There's the only way you can go. That's it, a good-ass match, though, so I'm not even mad at it. We know who's going to win. Yes. I would be stunned if AJ Styles won. It wouldn't make any sense. No. It would basically the whole be- crew is on SmackDown. It would be hate booking, right? Like yeah. It would be like Vince was like, they think we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. It's and I'm a gonna swerve say, for the sake of a swerve. Yeah. They, M. Night Shyamalan, as you would say. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Like, we don't need a swerve. But that's the match. That's probably going to- it, it should be a smoker. It should yeah. be an absolute smoker. Like, that's going to be fantastic. Um, I guess they're trying to start moving towards- I told you they're getting Shane and, and Ronda these damn titles. Yes. As they should, kind of. Raquel doesn't do shit for him. Kind. Dude, Raquel is... Babyface Raquel is terrible. No. And as long as Ronda's not in the main event picture... No. She, I don't really what, mind her in this. This is what she wants. And eventually, yeah. Shane and her will beef, and they'll break up eventually, and that's what I would like to see. Yeah. Shayna needs to nuke her and go super heel. Dude, Shayna needs a push. Yeah. They terribly underserve so her. we're getting there. Rhea and Natalia, though, I can do without. I don't need that. <laughs> this, is, this is the participation award. Like, you've been here for a long time. You get a title match. Yeah. I will say the heart name might ring some like nah, waves in I Saudi. I don't care. But they, they, they might just know her more. Well, I mean, they, clearly that's why they got Mustafa Ali about to get nerfed by Gunther. Yes. Yes, they do. They're, like they know what they're doing. Yes. And Ali knows it too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Go if out Man- there and put on a banger though. I don't know if Mansoir pop, pops up and goes back to Mansoor. No, yeah, they can't run that gimmick. <laughs> you get in that Saudi. man killed. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you can't do that. Not working, no. You can't do that. And then, know. um, Oh, but uh, in this share or whatever it came out there, they're going to wreck someone in Saudi. Oh, they're going to absolutely murder someone. And they look great, so, by the way. I, I like them. I like Jinder uh, uh, being their yeah. like, just manager now. He doesn't want to be a wrestler. I like him as a manager. No, he's fine. Yeah, Veer's coming. Motherfucker's been coming for coming a long time. <laughs> and then he came and then he left. Yes. And now he's back, now he's back again. again. Now he's coming, he's coming again. again. Yes. That's coming a lot. <laughs> yes, he is. Pause. <laughs> uh, so they'll they'll be on the card. Um, but the the weirdest booking, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. All right. So this one's complicated. Do they do it? No. They don't do it. But why don't they do it is the question. I'm so happy that Riddle's been divorced from this now. Yes. They, they got his ass pinned, and they got him out of there, and then he lost the Royal Rumble to challenge for the IC title. But I think they planted the seeds where he's going to yeah, sure, be the next long feud for Gunther. Just get him out of this feud. Yeah. This feud's so much better without him. Yes. Him versus Gunther after this would be much better. Yeah. Go, go. I hated him in this feud. Yeah. Now, Roman Reigns is not on TV like ever. He shows up on SmackDown, and... Whenever he's, I hate that he's not on TV a lot, but when he does show up, it's like, fuck, this is, it's always good. Yeah. Like, he was fantastic. 
Everybody on that stage was fantastic. Even Solo, who didn't say shit. <laughs> he don't got to say nothing. He just looked ahead, and when Paul Heyman called the match, Solo just looked at the camera and was like, let's do it. This is what we do. This, the bloodline, with Riddle gone from this, and the, and the Usos, like, I feel like they're, how far will the turmoil in the bloodline go? Will the Usos actually cost Solo and Roman the chance at the title? I think they might fuck it up. And if they fuck it up, now we're moving towards SummerSlam. And now do we got Family Feud? Tag versus tag? What I'm, because the the tricky part about this is Sammy and Kevin being moved to Raw, even though the champions can go back and forth. But once they're, if they lose the titles and they're stuck to Raw. Yes. So they can only feud with them in tags, which I think there's, there's, again, there was more juice to the squeeze if you had another match with Sammy Rowan but if you don't want to go that direction whatever but it feels like there's a, a good dynamic if you splinter off Jimmy and Jay or few with them I, the one thing I don't know is how does this it has to end eventually and does it leave Roman by himself yeah he's he's the lone man on the island does, does it mean Solo gets fed up at some point too I mean Solo has to be Right now, he's the, he's the great soldier, right? Right. But sooner or later, he got to look over and be like, those are my actual brothers. Like, so when I interviewed Jey Uso before the with Hell in a Cell match yep. with Roman, and uh, we joked about the Samoan SWAT team 2.0, and it actually came to fruition. Obviously, Jay doesn't know all of this when he's, I'm interviewing him because he's not going to just give it up. But he mentions one thing about Solo. He was like, that's our little brother. And eventually... Little brother's going to get fed up and want to be the big brother. So we got to keep him in check. <laughs> he says, this is like two years ago he said this to me. If you keep that narrative alive, that means Solo eventually is going to look at Roman and be like, bruh, I can't keep bailing you out. Because you got to remember, Solo's been bailing. He bailed Roman out against Cody. Yep. So does Solo. And he gets pinned several times. because Right. So does Solo eventually turn on Roman? It makes me wonder how much longer they can do this. Does it get to Survivor Series? Does it go beyond? But as long as Riddle's out of it, I'm good. Again, they there's more to this. Yes, the the Sammy Kevin driven part of the Bloodline feud ended at Mania. Now you're just kind of tapering that off. This is a whole new season of the Bloodline feud. But the Bloodline feud went a year before Sammy ever got there. Yeah, but it, boy, did it get stale right before Sammy showed up. It did. And then now it was getting a little wonky again. But now Roman came back. You're like, all right. Because he's so good. Yeah. And and it was getting stale because Roman left again. But Sammy kept it going for, I think it was like June through August when him and Roman finally were in the same building together. It took two months before Roman came back. So it's like, what do you do in between when Roman is gone? And now it seems like it's the Usos versus Roman. Seems like that's where we're going to go. And then like, Solo's now going to have to choose and be the middle piece while Roman floats and he's gone. So it's putting a lot on Solo. Yeah. And that was the Sami Zayn role, but Sami's a professional for a long time and can handle that. So they have to keep it from being stale for sure, like in the intermediate. But I think we have a lot more entertainment to get from Bloodline. And at this point, Roman Reigns is so fucking good. If they won the tag team titles, I'd be like, yo, he might disappear for two years, for two months. This motherfucker is going to come back and just cause hell. It's going to be great. 
with like five belts, six belts. I mean, this guy. It don't even, I don't even care. Like at that point, I'd be like, yo, that's pretty dope. Because he is at that point. And sometimes it's okay to see greatness in real time. People, and especially in a, a sport where you could book it. Right. You're, you're at the point where he can be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He can be John Cena, right? Like in, in the terms of history and be remembered as the greatest person for an era. Why are you stopping that? Because you've already passed that point of no return. So it's like, yeah, when you do end it, you will make the next guy. But how long until you find the next guy that can be God level like you have someone here? You're not going to just turn around in two years, make Gunther God level like this. You're, you're trying to make him that for the IC right now, which is great. But this run Roman's on, you might not get this for another 30 years. This It's true. I mean... With health and yeah. part-timing and everything. There's two sides of it. Obviously, there's a lot of people that are over the Roman storyline. They want to stand. And my only answer to that often is, then what? <laughs> right? Because, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, people will say, oh, yes, yeah, you know, it's time for it to end. Cody should have went over. Looking back, maybe Cody should have went over. Right? Because the way this thing shook out. However, then what? Because it's the most entertaining thing on the roster. Yep. Seth Rollins has been fantastic. Right, but he kind of drifted for a minute. Now he's back. Looks like he's going to win this title and carry this title. And but, this somehow happening concurrently, so it's right. not taking away from Seth. Well, I mean, even if Seth wins it, we all know who the real champion is. Yeah, we know it's Roman. And the way I and you mentioned Gunther, and I'm I'm still on this like mm, Gunther and Roman, they got a date at some, some point in the future. If that needs to be your next guy, to me, like. Only Vince can fuck this one up. Gunther is that guy. Yes. Even when he showed up on Raw. I think Vince left for just long enough where he comes back and now he can't deny it. Yeah, it's just like, just look like, at fuck. him. Like, <laughs> just like, look at him. Even though, like, the music, the look, the, the, the so style. What's crazy is there were reports that Vince had tired of him. He was going to take the belt off yeah. and then Vince got kicked out. But what's crazy is, is that he's the prototypical Vince guy. Well, he's the foreign... Yeah, but hated, xenophobia. You could play that to the crowd. Like, this is the people Vince used at the late 80s. Yeah, but then he would have just been a jobber for Vince. No, these guys were champions until Hulkamania ran over them. That was their only purpose was to lose. But they held they held the belt for a while. Before I mean, Iron Sheik held it for like a hot second. Yeah. And then Hulk, Hogan took off. We're still talking about the Sheik. Well, Sheiky yeah, well, baby. Well, Sheiky made his own little pass. the Sprite. Like, you know. Like, but, but I think, like... If you continue to play your cards right and you have Gunther and Roman cross paths, like, I don't even know if the bloodline will still be intact, but Gunther versus Roman at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble or if Roman's going to have this thing to WrestleMania, Gunther is the one guy, the one, aside from Cody, he's the one guy that could beat Roman. I don't think anybody would be like, oh, that's fucked up. I think everybody would be like, perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. He's overly believable. Like, it's it's weird because I don't know who's believable enough to take that IC title off. It, that's my point. He's he's reached that level where like the mid card title is kind of supposed to float and like build the next. He who, owns it. That's his. Like he might have to just fuck around and vacate to go for a major title because it's not even believable for anyone to take that belt off of him. This and is, he said it on Raw. Yeah, he was like, no, there's no one even here great enough to challenge me. This is Ultimate Warrior Hulk Hogan with heels. Yeah, it is. Because when Warrior and Hogan had a match, they were both baby faces. Yeah. I remember, I'll never forget, you know, anybody watched the documentaries about WrestleMania, 
Like Vince was like, I don't like two baby faces in the main event. We'll see how this works. And it was huge for yep. Toronto, everything else. I, I'm sure like Vince would be like, I don't know if I should have two heels face each other. But Roman's a heel, but not really. Right? Because everybody cheers and pops when they heel, see him. Goon, the other, on, on the other hand, is a heel's heel. I will tell you this. When and if Cody goes over on Roman and completes the story, I don't care whenever it happens, Gunther's hunting him. Oh, yeah. And planting the seeds from the rumble and everything else. Trust, he is beating Cody at some time. Yeah. So, like, Night of the Champions as a whole, it'll be an interesting show to watch. 10 in the morning on the West Coast. <laughs> Which is, I'm like, perfect. Because we got double or nothing the next day, long-ass day. Um, and it looks like they're going back to Bianca and Asuka, which yep. I was pleasantly surprised with because I was like, who the hell is Bianca going to work next? Asuka came back. Heal Asuka. Yeah. I like, I love Heal Asuka. Yeah. And it's, that program's not over. Fine. Sure. Go for it. Looks like EO may be breaking away from damage control. Yep. Like you t- check their body language. Some things are falling into place. Some things are not. We shall see. Becky came back? Yeah. And uh, that's all right. Yeah. Finish that. Finish then the Becky Trish story. They teased Becky versus um, Mommy on this one. Yeah. Because Rio's watching her on the screen and everything. Well, you they, know you got to go that route with Rio. Yeah. They, they're dropping little hints now. Yeah. Teasing what's next. And for so long, WWE didn't. Like, again, this is where I understand Vince is the head honcho. Like, we, we know this now. So he dies. He is the head honcho. He's the man. But, but the one thing that came from this nine-month lengthy suspension is there's these little Triple H-isms still where there's breadcrumbs, there's little things to try to make the weird shit in Vince's head. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> Trish is just like running behind him like, ooh, let me do this. Let me do this. Like just trying to piece together the dumb shit in Vince's mind. And that's okay. Like, that's all I needed outside of Vince being a horrible human being, is just somebody to connect the dots where Vince is fucking up. And that's all right. Yeah. Give me that. Because Vince hits gold every now and then. And the in-between, give, give me someone who's going to make the other stuff make sense. Yeah, the, the spaces between Vince's brilliance just gets bigger and bigger as he gets older. It's like, oh, he'll hit one next year. And then he'll like, he'll hit one oh, another he four years. Out park. Well, yeah, he had to turn him heel. But... The only reason that Roman turned heel, there was like a number of things going on. He got cancer, got a pandemic. Yeah. They, like he needed Coming a complete back rebrand. from cancer and making him a heel off rip. No, they didn't make him a heel off rip. He did. He, he no. attacked Bray Wyatt. No, 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 no. He came back and worked Cor- Corbin at Mania. The pandemic, because he was immune compromised, is the reason why he didn't work the pandemic. Because you remember. Ah, yes. Yeah. And then he had to disappear. And then once things got better, he came back. Then he turned then heel. Then he turned heel. Because, yeah, he came back. He had to be a baby face. Yeah, yeah. Joe, he, he was Joe. I'm just Joe. Yeah. And he had to, which was weird. He fucking worked Corbin? His last man to be? No, no, no. Wait. He worked Drew at that WrestleMania. New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was baby face. And then everybody was like, yeah, I'm tired of this guy. And I remember why I didn't like him in the first place. Yeah, pandemic. And then they were like, all right, well, we have nothing else to do. So it felt like when Roman came back, it was Bray Wyatt, the fiend and fucking Braun Strowman. Yep. What a terrible and he program. both of them. Yeah. And then, and then the next night, he had wreck everyone and leave. Leave, yep. And then he had Heyman. Heyman. And then it, it, we've been off for the races ever since. But the only reason that Vince struck gold on that is because all these circumstances got in the way. Sorry. All the best things in the WWE happened by accident. Yes. So I'm we'll see. I think everything in pro wrestling happens by accident. A lot of things do, but there's, I mean, Vince is like, fuck. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it has to be an accident. I mean, Kofi Kingston. If Ali doesn't get hurt before Elimination Chamber and Kofi's not in that match. The click hug. If Trips doesn't get, like, buried for the click. There's no Stone Cold. Out, there's no Stone Cold winning King of the Ring. This, Vince should know by now. He's like, I need something to happen. I need something happen. catastrophic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me. Just make it happen. <laughs> and then it happens. And it's like, oh, shit. I got I to gotta book on a whim and not long. Yeah. He can't think for a long time. No. You leave Vince to his own devices too long, he just starts fucking shit up. That's the key. Like, fuck, man. That's at least the guy just sending random ass emails from home. <laughs> if he gets in the arena constantly, then he's really like just, that's his domain, right? Like, that's where he just fucking pressing a bunch of buttons like a tiny toddler. Did you see the Atlanta episode with uh, Tyler Perry? Yes. Playing that's the piano to make scripts? That's Mr. Vince. <laughs> We can leave on that note. Spot on. Bing, bong, 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 bong. Oh, I got a script. Man. No, it's it's been a great pro wrestling show, of course. An amazing guest. Uh, Soraya is incredible. Again, can't wait for Double or Nothing. That is a great way to kick off this next two weeks of pro wrestling. We talked about everything else. We'll keep it short and sweet. Shout out to everyone here at Blue Wire Studios, Wind Resorts in Las Vegas. Follow us on social media, wherever you guys have it. Check us out on YouTube. You'll catch this interview everywhere where we post. So, we appreciate you all. Can't wait to see you guys out here in Vegas. If you're coming out next week, let's chill. We'll be at all of the shows. We'll be at GCW as well yeah, it's Friday. on Friday. So we'll be around all week. Still getting through a huge boxing week here in Vegas as well. Check us out in our boxing episode later in the week. Talking Haney versus Loma right here in Vegas. Meantime, though, you guys stay safe. See you next week. Right now, we're out. Peace. <laughs>